wonderful psalm it is. I think we'll be singing it at the end. But uh, if you get your Bibles open to Psalm 8, that'd be wonderful. And we can go through it together. You know, whenever we have something really wonderful, something that excites us, something that we really like, we have to tell people about it. Whether it's the, the latest funny advert or a parody on the Christmas adverts, whether it's a, a nice picture of family, whether it's a picture of our children or a nice meal we've made or somewhere we've been out for dinner or anything. We have to share. We have this compulsion to share it. And that's why Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp and those things are so popular. Because we love to praise the things we love. We love to praise the things that we like. It's a normal human trait. C.S. Lewis says that praise completes our enjoyment. He says, it's not out of compliment that lovers keep telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. It's frustrating to have to discover a new author and not be able to tell anyone how good he is. Or come suddenly round the corner in a road, upon a mountain valley in an unexpected view. To then keep silent because the people with you care no more about it than a tin can in the ditch. To hear a good joke and find no one to share it with, it's hard. The catechism says that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But we should know that these are the same thing. C.S. Lewis goes, to fully enjoy God is to glorify him. And in commanding us to glorify him, he is inviting us to enjoy him forever. So C.S. Lewis saw it, and, and we see it, you know, it, it is that, those apps, Facebook, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Instagram, they are so popular. And they play on this, this desire, this good desire to share what we love, what we enjoy. And today, long before this, David is doing that here. He has seen how wonderful God is, and he's sharing it with us. He's singing out praises to God. He has seen the glory of God and he wants to share it. He is enjoying God. Look at with me. It starts here. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. How beautiful, how powerful, how great, how worthy of praise. How majestic is your name in all the earth. How glorious God is. He starts and ends with that refrain and that's what he wants us to see. And he wants to see that that's not just true for him as an Israelite, king of Israel, which was in relatively quite a small kingdom at the time. He wants us to see that it's true no matter where you are, whether it's Japan or Argentina, wherever in the world, God is glorious. He is majestic. His name is worthy to be praised. So let's look at it. And there's a couple of things I want us to see in this psalm about the glory of God that David pulls out and... And it's why we should praise him. I want us to see the glory of God in creation, the glory of God in mankind, and the glory of God in Christ. To start off, the glory of God in creation. The the psalm, I'm sure you noticed, echoes the creation story. I'm sure you saw it harking back to Genesis 1 and the creation of the world and creation of man. 
It talks about the stars and the heavens. It talks about the earth. It talks about animals filling the earth. It talks about humans. David wants us to see how amazing God is. The glory of God in the created world that he made. God has created this world and set his glory above it, above the heavens. Now let's just think about that. What, let's just think about what that actually means. You have set your glory above the heavens. What, what does he mean by the heavens? Well, he's talking about space and the stars above us, what we can see above us. And so what's in that? Well, you've got us here on earth, you've got the moon, you've got the sun, you've got the other planets in our solar system, you've got the our arm of the, the Milky Way galaxy, the 200 to 400 billion odd stars in the Milky Way galaxy, and then the 10 billion other galaxies that make up the known universe. And so, David wants us to see that that is what God's glory is. But I don't think we can really capture it until we know it. So think with me. There's 100 billion trillion stars out there. That's 1 to the 23, or to 1 times 10 to the 23. It's 23 zeros after a 1. Okay. Uh, and it's 40 billion light years across, and light travels around the world 7.5 times in 1 second. I think those are quite big numbers, and so I've scaled it down a bit. So, imagine with me now, Earth is the size of a baked bean, okay? And the moon would be orbiting it the size of a peppercorn, okay? About a foot from it. So, baked bean, peppercorn, okay? The sun is now a large beach ball, about 100 meters away, so it's sort of nibs and pulls. Yet, if you're not within the atmosphere of that baked bean, you'll be burnt by that sun. That's how hot that sun is, 100 meters away. Okay. Jupiter is an orange about half a kilometer away. And Neptune is a ping-pong ball at St. Cross, uh, King's Cross, St. Pancras Station. The nearest star is 30,000 kilometers away. We, we, you know, we, we haven't even left our bit of the, galaxy, of the Milky Way. 30,000 kilometers away is the middle of America going east. Okay, so that's, that's ridiculous. It's, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, if we keep it to that scale, the distance between Earth and the, and the, and the, uh, and the sun to the center of the, our galaxy is the same distance from Earth to the sun. You know, it, it's, it's still ridiculous. So let's scale it right down. The sun is a grain of sand. Okay. The earth is a bacteria, a thousandth to the time of a full stop. Okay? Earth is one centimeter from the sun. Pluto is 40 centimeters from the sun. The nearest star is in Big Ben Clock Tower. The Milky Way galaxy is still 50,000 miles across. One and a quarter times around the earth. The nearest galaxy is still over a million miles away. And there's 10 billion galaxies in this universe. And where is God's glory? Over it all. Over it all. Wow, that's, that's enormous, isn't it? That is truly enormous. Stick with me. I'm sorry, it's maths on a Sunday morning. It, it, okay, now you've got to imagine that the sun 
is a grain of rice. Okay, a little grain of rice. I'm sure there'll be some rice afterwards. There's a little grain of rice. Okay, the number of stars in our galaxy is if we filled this building floor to ceiling with rice. Okay, that's the number of stars in our little galaxy. Remember, there's 100 billion galaxies. So then, so that's how many stars just in our galaxy. And they're all spread out the ridiculous distances I've already explained. Now, scale them down. Imagine if you fit every one of those grains of rice into one grain of rice again now. So each grain of rice now has a whole room full of rice in it. And then fill the room again with those grains of rice. That is the known universe. That's what we know. There's more. There's more out there. They know there's more out there. They just can't see it. And God's glory is above that. He is greater than the heavens. He created the heavens. You have set your glory above the heavens. David might not have known all that astronomy, but he could look up into the night sky and know that God is above it. That is enormous, isn't it? That is an enormous and mighty God. That should make us feel tiny. That should make us feel insignificant. So much bigger, so much greater than each one of us. We're not even, we've not even a speck of dust in the universe. We're a speck of dust on a speck of dust on a speck of dust. We're utterly insignificant. But that, this morning, should really affect you. Because you need to know that that God, that God who is above all the heavens, is also mightier than any situation that you're in right now. He is mightier than any problem that you have right now. He is mightier than any person you might fear or any person that you struggle with. He is mightier than any situation that this earth could bring up. He is mightier than everything. A trivial analogy of this that came to mind as I was preparing is um, is a little dialogue between, if you've seen the Chronicles of Narnia, a little dialogue between uh, Mr. Beaver and Susan. And Mr. Beaver's talking about Aslan, who obviously is the sort of analogy to Jesus in the stories. And, and he's talking about Aslan. He says, Aslan's a lion. The lion. The great lion. Ooh, says Susan. Thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I should rather feel very nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he is good. He's the king, I tell you. Our God isn't safe. He isn't small. He isn't irrelevant to today's culture. Our God is mighty. Our God is majestic. Oh, Lord, Our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. He set his glory above the heavens. And that is the God we come and meet today. That is the God we know today. How else does David show us God's glory? What he wants to see is the glory in mankind. It blows his mind how amazing and how big God is. And it also blows his mind... That God cares about us. 
Look with me, look with me down at verses 3 and 4. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? You know, that's the inevitable question when you consider the heavens, isn't it? And God and our situation in it. Why should God care for us? But he does. In the enormity of creation, we are a speck of dust, yet he cares for us. More than that, he made us special. Look with me, verse 5. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. He made us like himself, thinking, talking, able to worship, to see beauty, to love and be loved. He made us in his image. He shared some of his glory with us. He shared some of his characteristics with us. And crowned us with glory and honor. We are the pinnacle of God's creation. We are not just an evolved ape. We are not just another animal. God created this world for us. You look at the, the wonderful creation account in Genesis. Why was the sun and moon created? For days and seasons and years. Well, animals don't care about days. But seasons, or years. And seasons, yes, they do affect the animal. But it was for us to work the land. Creation was created for us. He gave, look at verse 6 with David. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and all that swim in the parts of the sea. God, this mighty and enormous creator who made every galaxy and every atom, who made every animal and every tree and every mountain, cares about us. He caused you to be born into this time, this bit of space, and he cares for you. In those immense numbers, in those trillions and trillions of things in the sky, God cares about each one of you. He created you in his image. He made you special. He gave you a bit of his glory by giving you your humanness. And is it because you're special? Is it because you are special? Is it because you can contribute to society? Is it because you're clever? Is it because you're good at your job or you work hard or a great mum? No, you're special because you're created in his image. Because he made you. It's amazing. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. And so how should that affect you this week? Well, it means you matter. You matter to the creator. What you does matters to the creator. Who you are matters to the creator. You are significant to God. All people are significant to God. The unborn are significant. The old lady with dementia who can't speak anymore is significant to God. 
The homeless are significant to God. The drug addicts are significant to God. The people you walk past on the street every day in this busy city are significant to God. Those with opposing political views are significant to God. They matter, and you matter, because God made you, and he is mindful of you. Finally, I want us to see in this psalm the glory of God in Christ. The writer of the the letter to the Hebrews shows us this psalm points to Christ. It doesn't just point to humans, it doesn't just point to the creation, but it points to the the pinnacle of God's glory, which is Christ. It says in Hebrews chapter 2, But there is a place where someone has testified, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels? You crowned them with glory and honor? And put everything under their feet? And putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at the present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for a while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. It's pretty evident that our majestic and awesome God, who is mindful of us, Us specks of dust are not mindful of him. We live like he doesn't exist. We worship what he created instead of the creator. We look into the heavens and don't give him his glory. We look at his creation and we don't give him the glory. The sad thing about Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp is that whilst we are doing what's natural by praising what we love, we aren't praising the creator who made it. His glory is so clearly displayed in this earth, yet we are so blinded and selfish that we don't see it and care only of ourselves. We're not mindful of him. Just look at what happens. This amazing creation account in Genesis 1 and this wonderful creation account of of man and and humans in Genesis 2 and Genesis 3. As soon as humans were created, they rejected that God. That God that was mindful of them, they rejected. And it continued on through there, throughout human history. And that rejection, well, shouldn't God reject us? He was mindful of us. He created the universe, yet we ignore him. Does that not deserve rejection? You know the story doesn't go. God makes everything. God makes people. God especially cares for people and is mindful of them. They reject him. He rejects them. The end. That is not the story, because that is not the God we have. Our God is more glorious than that. Our God is greater than that. He made a way for our rejection to be forgiven. He was made a little lower than the angels. He was made a babe, an infant. And as we come to Christmas, think about that. 
The God whose glory is above the heavens. The God whose glory is greater than anything my mind can even imagine. Was made a baby? He gave up the glory of heaven to come to a slummy stable in the Middle East? To people who reject him, who are not mindful of him? Christ was mindful of God. Christ honored God completely. He lived perfectly. He didn't reject God. He was mindful of him, like God was mindful of us, or is mindful of us. Yet then what happened? God rejected him instead of us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? On that cross, God turned his back on Christ, not us. We reject him and are not mindful of him, the beautiful and glorious and majestic creator. Yet he rejects his son. He rejects Christ in our place. He forsook Christ for our rebellion. Christ tasted death for us that we might not. He took that punishment for us. That verse from Hebrews again. Because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. The glory of God is mightily displayed in Christ and the gospel. And when you see that, that changes. That changes you. It changes everything. This remote God who we continually reject, who is far above all the other things that deserves all our glory, came into this world to restore us. If you don't see it, pray that you do, because it is glorious when you do. It is amazing when you do. And if you do see it, pray to see it more. Bask in it. Our glorious God, far above the heavens, came down, was made nothing for us to restore you and me to him. So this week, read over this psalm again and see God's glory. See his glory in how majestic and how far above and how different and how enormous he is to us. How tiny we are. How insignificant we are. But how mighty he is for us. See his glory in how he cares for you. Caused you to be born. Gave you significance. Gives you the air to breathe each day. And finally, see God's glory in Jesus Christ. Who was made low and tasted death. For each one of you. Let's just pray.